Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. All right, guys, welcome in, and uh, it is another edition of The Early Line, the weekend edition of The Early Line here on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. Joe Ranieri alongside Dane Martinez. We want to thank you guys very much for uh, hanging out with us here as we, um, it's been, uh, what do you say here? It, it, It has been one of the, it feels like this week has just been, unbelievably long and I know I listen March felt like it was never going to end like it lasted for a year and a half and uh, this week so much happened uh, this week Uh, a lot of information from where we started on Monday to where we are hell even where we were last weekend compared to where we are this weekend Um, a lot to process a lot of information it's another week obviously in quarantine another week that we're all inside with our uh, families, our loved ones, apartments, condos, uh, townhouses, homes, whatever it may be. Um, you're starting to look at the people you're uh, surrounded by and go, oh, God, how much longer? Um, and, and we get it. Um, but like we've always been on this show, we've always been glass uh, half full, and we refuse to be uh, down in the dumps about any of it. And when you consider, and, and again, I'll, I'll, I'll throw this out. When you consider certainly all the data that we have had from last week to this week, and while still incredibly tragic in many parts, including uh, right in Dane's backyard there in New York City and and other places, why incredibly tragic, the reality is the data tells us that ever since last Saturday, every day after that, the cases being admitted to the hospitals are down, everything is starting to come down, which means that curve that we kept hearing about, it certainly looks like uh, it is starting to, uh, to get hold. So everything that we have been doing has certainly been worth it. And I know people losing job. It is tough to remain optimistic uh, in this day. And every week we go, guys, every weekend we hit, it's tougher and tougher and tougher. Uh, but the truth is the data is coming in, guys. And the data is it's less it's less, it's less, and hopefully, we all know how a curve works. It goes up, it's got to come down, right? So, so far, we've been coming down. And we heard this week, baseball, putting a plan together for Arizona, right? We, we've heard the NBA planning on putting a plan together for, you know, uh, to finish by Labor Day. NFL continuing uh, to move forward, obviously, with the draft. College football now, a lot of reports coming out that college football anticipates and absolutely playing so it's been a very long week it's also very easy to get caught up when every time you turn on the tv or look on twitter and facebook and social media it's like death 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 we're all dying the world's coming to an end it's all yeah it's so hard to remain optimistic but we're just telling you guys we're telling you um there are going to be brighter days ahead and it's been an incredibly long week for a lot of us all of us in fact um but I do believe, and I will maintain this, that uh, that absolutely sunnier days and better days. And listen, in many parts of this country, it's springtime, right, Dane? That's what the, we would have had the Masters. Uh, we would have been crowning a champion yeah. this weekend. That also signifies, oh, barbecue, beaches open, those types of things. We're close, guys. We're close. And the, one of the reports, actually the report that they've been using the most out of the University of Washington, um, if we continue down this path, then we should have, according to the report, no new deaths, Dane, as of June 1st. So if that's the case, uh, if that's, uh, and we're on that trajectory, now is not the time to get all crazy. Now's the time to really stick their foot. And we would do it like UFC that just, of course, stopped, Dane. But now would be the time to actually finish the job, right? Kick the crap out of the coronavirus and end it now while we can, because right now it does appear it's um, it's heading in the wrong direction. We've got them backed up into a corner. Now is not the time to lose it and right. uh, and just let uh, all caution go. Ah, no big. Di-. Like now is the time to finish the job because if that report holds true, we're talking June 1st here, guys. It is. I, I know it seems like it's a, a million years away. But that's a good thing because life will begin to open up again for us. But just you got to keep the faith, Dane. Bottom line is you got to keep the faith. 
Yeah, I agree, Joe. Good morning, everybody here on the early line. I mean, yes, Joe, I completely agree with you. We have to keep the faith. What that also, however, means, though, Joe, and I think you alluded to this, is it's not time to let up no. now on, like, social distancing, okay? This is our weapon against the virus. And I agree, we're hearing reports that, you know, the curve is starting to flatten, whether, you know, you're here in New York or in some other states around this country. I just really, really caution people, don't get the first sign of good news no. and think that means that, you know, you can go and, and, and kind of act as though it were months ago. That is not the case. The only reason this is, like, starting to work is because we are taking it seriously. Mm -hmm. And if we just, like, hear this news and are like, cool, let's party, cool, let's barbecue, then, you know, we have to, like you said, Joe, finish the job. Yep. And that means keeping social distancing, maintaining this as a serious thing we need to do, or else, unfortunately, the curve will change again very dramatically. So, yes, yep. maybe there's morsels of good news. Maybe we're starting to see the impact of social distancing. But, like, just because it's nice outside, mm -hmm. we're, just, we're starting to get morsels of good news, doesn't mean that this is over. We have to keep doing it yep. even when it's nice out even when it looks like it's okay we have to keep with it keep our foot down to the gas pedal and like you said truly knock this thing out joe finish it off guys i mean where it's uh when you back a fighter into a corner right the last thing you want to do is uh, uh let the bell save them or uh just kind of back off and let them get back <clears throat> into the fight and that's not what we want to do here and listen i think uh ufc came out of course and, and we learned that uh dana white who has one of the, and I give him credit. I mean, listen, Dana White has hundreds of millions of dollars. This is not a guy that needs to make money. Um, he's already made the money. Uh, this is not a guy that honestly uh, needs to make, uh, you know, has to put on fights because he has to make them. No, like what he is doing and what, the thing that I love about Dana White is that he truly in his heart of hearts thinks that, listen, we in this country, we need something. Like, you've got to give us something because that fight is, and he knows. I mean, this fight is, it ain't even close to being over yet, but it would be so good for all of us to be able to have that, uh, that little distraction, which is what he is doing, because it ain't about the money to him. Like, he, he don't need the money, guys. This is, he could honestly sit his ass at home right now and be like, we won't worry about it till you know, until we got to worry about it. But he is fighting every day himself to do what he can do and try to provide the, um, you know, all of us Americans here an opportunity to be able to kick back. And even for just a couple hours, Dane, kick back, watch some UFC fights, give us a sense of normalcy. But unfortunately, um, the higher ups at Disney, of course, and when Bob Iger picks up the phone and says, um, yeah, we'd really rather you didn't. Um, you know, that's their partner. And that's also a partner that paid billions of dollars for the rights to that sport. So for Dana White to be talked down uh, like that, then you know it, it came, it, it didn't come from anybody. There is nobody higher. So Bob Iger obviously was a guy that said, you know, listen, we'd appreciate it if you didn't do this right now, especially Disney in California, the Indian right. Reservation in California. Um, I'm sure he didn't go easily, but obviously he was persuaded uh, by ESPN and Disney, of course, to go, please don't, don't do it. And, uh, and he agreed. So uh, he is still going to continue to try. The island is happening. The infrastructure is being built. So he is somebody that has promised this will be the first sport back, Dane. And it, I have no doubt that it will in some way, shape, or form, it will be back. But for right now... Um, you know, when Disney and Bob Iger step in and say, please don't do this, I get it. I, I understand it. And um, he'll make it right to, of course, the Indian res the uh, casino that uh, was there in Tahoe. All of that will work out in the end. But unfortunately for us, there is no UFC on the horizon right now. Yeah. And, you know, again, Joe, this is kind of I, I, I'm with you on terms of the Dana White trying to do this, wanting to care about like uh, entertainment for our country and how important that would be right now. Yep. You're right. The man is, you know, bathing in money. Right. So <laughs> yeah, he could build he could buy an island for goodness sakes. He could if he really wanted to, he could buy an island for himself and quarantine himself and his family he on could an island. Disappear. And, exactly. Yeah. I, I, I get all of that. You know, I also don't, Joe, think this is I've been saying this for a while. Right. Of 
who are the decision makers and mm -hmm. whether a league wants to do something, maybe the network or Disney, but also the local, state, federal governments have yeah. something to say. As far as I understood it, you know, you talk about, you know, the head honchos at Disney. The way I understand it, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, made the call to Disney. Mm -hmm. right? And yes, this is on Native. It was supposed to be on Tahoe and Native American lands. So and that's not necessarily California law. No, but, it's not. <laughs> you know, is anybody traveling to and from California? Yep who the Native American lands would be technically violating mm -hmm. the stay-at-home order if you weren't an essential business, right? So I just want to make the point, we've talked about this before, whether it be um, the federal government to the states, whether it be the NCAA to the conferences, mm -hmm. right? There's other decision makers at play, and when they come into conflict, this is what could happen. But that is the way it went down. I think you are right that you know whether it's disney espn the state of california they in essence told dana white hey all right like how about we chill out this won't be a good look i know what you're mm. trying to do but like how about we uh how about we sit this one out you yeah. know and and i think that is quite frankly the way it went down and whether it was you want to call it pressure say from network bigwigs or the conglomerate that is disney or even the governor's office in California, I do think this raises the question for me for any of these other plans in other sports, Joe, whether it's, you know, bringing Major League Baseball to Arizona, whether it's trying to find uh, places that we could put on an NBA playoffs in Vegas or what have you, you know, these leagues, these sports are not independent actors. They have to do this in coordination with government on some level, with television networks on some level. And so, you know, you can't just go out there and say it yourself. This is going to be a collaborative effort. Players, unions, owners, you know, it takes a lot of people being on the same page if and when this is going to happen. Yeah, and that's what made UFC so unique because they, they own those fighters. Like the right. fighters will do, they're not, you know, very few outside of Conor McGregor. There's very few people that have a, you know, that there nobody is going to argue there. It's a totally different. It's so unique from that. There is no union that they've got to deal with. It's Dana White, and if Dana White says we're fighting on this day, then there's a good chance you're fighting on that day. But uh, Rose Namajunas, of course, yeah. was on that card, and unfortunately, yeah. she had pulled out even before the announcement. Uh, that they were canceling. She had a couple of deaths in her family uh, because of the coronavirus. So she was pulling out anyway. I mean, it was a stacked card. It was 12 fights. Yeah. It's going to happen. And it's probably going to happen at that, uh, at that casino. Um, and, you know, it makes sense. Uh, you, can't, you can't go against your partners at this point who paid you billions of dollars for the rights to carry your stuff. Not that he wouldn't be able to find another one at some particular point, but you got to pick your battles. And I don't think this was a battle that he, although he was adamant about it, uh, you know, it, anybody other than Bob Iger picking up the phone and calling, um, certainly the governor, uh, the Democratic governor of California is not going to move the needle with Dana White, nor is Dana Feinstein, none of them. That wasn't the whole thing. So, and smart of them because they knew there's only one person, Dana White, would absolutely be influenced by and of course that was the the head of disney who owns espn and everything else so it makes all sense and while it sucks certainly for mma fans i mean i know our buddy uh, jay the sports keg ceos uh, he was getting ready to come on he uh, he too yeah yeah and we're going to bring him on anyway next week uh, he too had uh, contracted him and his father contracted the coronavirus and you guys who have been following the show you know jay we love him um just a, a great guy, and uh, he's been battling, but he's, uh, he's strong enough now, and he felt like he really want. He was so looking forward to this um, that he wanted to, you know, kind of get back and, and get himself up on his feet. So we'll go ahead and bring him on next week anyway. We'll talk a little draft with him and that kind of stuff. But for what it is, right now, UFC on hold for the immediate future. And listen, it all, I think everything works out for a reason. I wanted Khabib anyway. I, you know, I wanted Ferguson Khabib. It's now the fifth time it's been canceled. So, I mean, nothing, you know, Dustin Gage, nothing nothing against you. But I want Khabib back in the country. I want him back in the ring. I want him in the UFC uh, because eventually I would love to see him just chase uh, Conor McGregor around the, uh, around the arena somewhere and beat the living snot out of him. But um, 
we got in all due time, Dane. Everything happens for a reason, my man. Absolutely. And you know what's interesting? And we talked about kind of the relationship mm -hmm. that Dana White has with the parent company, right? ESPN or Disney, what have you. You know what? I'm going to make an interesting comparison. Vince McMahon, he's mm -hmm. got his own network, right? He went out and had the WWE network, built that up. So he doesn't really answer to. That's a different level. <laughs> I, know, I know, I know, but that's what I'm also saying, right? So there would be no call from on high necessarily, but, and you asked me about this when, when it came to WrestleMania and stuff, they taped those pre-taped um, episodes now in Orlando where the performance center is. Yep. And what do you know? Florida also now has that stay at home order. And yes. so there's questions there as well because they, they went out and taped, you know, yep. I don't know, call it two, three weeks of episodes ahead of time, right? Yes. But now there's also a question. Vince may want to do what he can do, but it would still be violating the state order to travel to and from the performance center for the WWE. And I think um, another wrestling promotion, AEW, does yep. the same thing in Florida. Mm -hmm. And so just to the point, right, it's not only these entities yep. that have decisions to make. They have to work in concert, whether you got a network or not. There's some level of working with the government. And the bottom line, the lesson in all of this, boys and girls, money talks. Yeah. BS walks. Nothing else matters. And uh, when a guy that writes a check with a lot of zeros, um, he pretty much gets to call the shots. And that's uh, kind of how it works. So it shouldn't surprise anybody. But in the meantime, it is business as usual for the NFL. And we did have, of course, um, some uh, a trade uh, again. Uh, we had a deal being made that we'll talk about uh, coming up in the NFL prior, and usually don't get an awful lot of this. Uh, interesting enough, uh, sometimes these things happen during the draft, but uh, we've got a swap of a player, a couple of draft picks coming up for one team that you guys need to know about, and uh, also, and I love this. Every time this comes out, I always uh, always blows my mind. Uh, Forbes every year does that. The most valuable franchise, sports franchises around the world, too. So uh, last year, you know, you, you always have the likes of Jerry. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, guys, welcome back in here. The early line, the weekend edition. Joe Ranieri and Dane Martinez here for you as we kind of take a look here at what we got going on. It's been, like we said, a very interesting week, a long week. All of these weeks uh, continue to just uh, kind of uh, just drag and they feel like forever. But uh, once again, uh, we, Dane and I have always been this way. We will always uh, continue to be this way when you tune in to us is that uh, we do... Uh, in our heart of hearts, believe that uh, d better times are on the way, and sooner rather than uh, later. And it all starts, of course, with being able to uh, get all of us out of our houses, get back to work, get back to some assemblance of normalcy, and there's no better way to do that than by providing uh, sports uh, for folks to be uh, a part of and feel like uh, they can, hey, even if it's just uh, an an hour handball game, Dane, or whatever it may be, sure. the ability to be able to turn it in, know it's live, know it's going on, that's coming, guys. That is absolutely coming. And one of the one of the events we know, Dane, is going to be the NFL draft. Yep. So we talked to Joe Lisi uh, this week, which was uh, great talking to JoJo, and uh, kind of interesting the way he um, he looked at the top of that draft, especially with his favorite team, the Miami Dolphins, who a lot right. of people feel kind of control what's going to happen with Tua one way or the other here. And, um, you know, Tua this week, of course, more video now, working out, scripted play, scripted things, dropping back. There is a significant push by the, uh, by the camp there of Tua uh, right. that uh, really wants everyone to think he's okay. And uh, that is always a little head-scratching to me because anytime somebody tries that hard, um, it's usually, to me, they're masking something, and I question why. Uh, but, hey, listen, he, it's out there. It looks decent. I don't know why, how that can, you know, I can make anything look. Hell, I can make us look good in the morning, Dane. So, sure. I mean, you know, there's a lot of, there's other video techniques there. Uh, but, listen, two is going to go somewhere in the first round. The question is, is he going to be in the top half? Who's going to move up? Is anybody going right. to save down? Uh, and one of the other things that we learned uh, this week, interesting enough, is that uh, Bill O'Brien 
apparently thinks that running an NFL team is like running a team in like Madden mode where yeah. you get to draft your team and you get to trade things. So um, treating it very much like it's a Madden video game where he's just trading away guys, getting guys in and swapping players. Listen, it got run out of D-Hop, right? That we yep. know that. And really D-Hop pushed him to that point. As much as we want to rip Bill O'Brien, uh, Diop was getting to the way he was just going to continue to be a problem at wanting every year to renegotiate his deal. So I get it, but that left a, a giant void in the wide receiving crew there, and uh, they filled it. Uh, they went out and got themselves Brandon Cooks uh, yep. from the uh, from the Rams, swapped a couple of draft picks. But listen, Brandon Cooks not obviously uh, D Hop, but still a very um, useful and given the other types of speed that they have there in the wide receiver spot. It's it's as good as you're going to get. I mean, you're never going to replace D-Hop, but you know what? It's better, certainly, than the alternative. Yeah, of not having a wide receiver there at all. Well, sure. especially one with experience that can actually take the top off. So, I, But here's, it, yes, okay? And so the deal was, you know, D-Hop, uh, excuse me, Brandon Cooks, and I believe a 2022 Ooh. Fourth round pick in exchange for the number 57 overall pick, the, tech, the, the, the Texans' second round pick. They still have a pick that they got from the D-Hop yes. break, that being the Houston Texans, in the second round. And, you know, let's talk about this from the Houston side first, because I think it's interesting from both teams' side. From the Houston side, sure, Joe, yes, it gives them another wide receiver um, and a, you know, a quality wide receiver. Here's my concern, okay, Joe? Um, we always talk about different types of wide receivers. You mm -hmm. reference taking the top off the defense. There's your big body, you know, six foot four outside X receiver. There's the slot receivers. Yep. You know what I mean? Like different wide receivers play different roles in an offense. For me, though, Joe, Brandon Cooks plays the kind of role, not of what DeAndre Hopkins did for Houston, but what Will Fuller does for Houston. They are both kind of stretch the field, over the top, big play receivers. So I wonder if they're truly filling the need. The D, obviously, you're not going to replicate D-Hop, but I, it's interesting to me that it's the same kind of receiver as Will Fuller. That's number one. The other thing, Joe, is, as you know, our great friend Herman Edwards always says, the greatest ability is availability. Yes. And Brandon Cooks has not necessarily been available over the last few years. You know, we talked about... Neither of them have. <laughs> exactly. And I mentioned that D-Hop has played 15, 16 games. But right. now, if you already have your speed-wide receiver who has been inconsistently available, what you just traded for mm -hmm. is another speed-over-the-top wide receiver who has been inconsistently available. And Joe with Cooks, it's concussions, right? Yeah. So... That, you know, I, that gives me a little bit of a concern because the next one could be the last. Right. You know what I mean? So I think it's interesting. Yes, he's a good player. Yes, it's great to, and it is an addition for the Texans offense. Don't get me wrong. I just find it a little bit interesting that it's the similar kind of player as Fuller. And he, like Fuller, has, you know, has a history of being banged up and not being ready to post. Yeah, and listen, I mean, all of this is... Injuries are going to happen, some more than others. But the, uh, you know, listen, Sammy Watkins spent his entire career on the IL, still uh, played such a huge part in the Super Bowl run for him. The whole thing with Cooks is his ability just to, he can go in the slot. His ability to be able to be kind of like a Swiss Army knife for that offense, and that's really what you want to do. You want to be able to create space and give Brandon Cooks, who we know in space, is not only the ability to be able to run past you, but of course be able to juke and grab some yards after the catch. So it, that's up to you, Bill O'Brien. <clears throat> you're going to have some weapons. You're going to be able to stretch the field. You're going to be able to do a lot of things here, uh, but it's going to be up to you and Deshaun Watson. A, protect Deshaun Watson. Uh, sure. And B, give these guys an opportunity to be able to catch the ball in space. I think the tight ends, I think it helps them. I, it, yeah. it, you know, it's, it, it makes sense. It works. Forget about the dollars and cents aspect of it. You were never going to replace D-Hop anyway. But Brandon Cooks, I think, at least mitigates some of that loss because with the right scheme, with the right way, you know it as I know it, it was put these guys in a position to be able to catch the ball. The problem with the Rams in him was he had... 
that you had three receivers that, you know, you had Krupp, you had Cooks, you had uh, Woods, you had all similar type of receivers that, um, okay, I mean, if there's only so many passes you can throw when the offensive right. line is not protecting you. So it'll be interesting to see. And plus he had a down year last year, so I, I'm interested to see what Cooks does this year, along with Deshaun Watson, because it's going to be important. Yeah, absolutely, and we know this is a big-time year for Deshaun Watson. Yep. His contract will come up, and, you know, on some level, there's, uh, I'm sure Houston's ready to break the bank for someone like Deshaun Watson, deservedly so. He can throw the first 50 passes of the season directly in the dirt. He's still getting 30. <laughs> the question is, what does Deshaun Watson want at that? <laughs> right. We shall see. But here's the other part, Joe, and I know that we have said this about the Los Angeles Rams mm -hmm. a few times. Joe. They are eating $21.8 million. You see the shedding going on here? You see the shedding? Okay, and here's the other thing. No, the Rams are eating that money. Well, they're going to have to. At some point, they're going to have to. So sooner rather than later. And think about this. In the release of Todd Gurley, they mm -hmm. also ate about $20 million. Yep. We have talked about this for a while, Joe. We talked about this with the Rams as they were signing Jared Goff, yep. as they were re-upping Gurley. We talked about this exact thing, the money they allocated to the wide receiver position. Mm -hmm. You and I, our friend Mike Blewett, all thought that Brandon Cooks could be on the move, right? Yep. And so I do think it's interesting that, you know, the chickens came home to roost on some level. And when you talk about now Jess Cooks and Gurley, the Rams may have literally $40 million of dead cap space on their books. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm saying it's a cautionary tale to teams like the Dallas Cowboys who are shelling out money for Amari and Dak and Zeke. Like, eventually, the chickens come home to roost, and I think the Rams are dealing with that right yep. now, <clears throat> and we'll see what the impact is. Do you think this helps? Uh, you know, are you betting the Texans over win total? Are you fading the Rams even more? What do you think? That, does this impact you in the betting markets at all, John? I feel much – I like the move for the Texans because okay. um, I understand, listen, they – they were going to have to do something, um, and I think Cooks is a, is a pretty good complement to what they can do. And I, I listen, say what you want about Bill O'Brien as a head coach, he's still a pretty good offensive coordinator. I like his uh, his ability to be able to scheme this up. I love Deshaun Watson. Um, so they're going to go as that defense goes anyway, um, and what they do in this draft will be interesting. But as far as the Rams, it's seven and a half, I think, is the number for the Texans. Uh, and it's right around that for the Rams, too. To me, the Rams, I think, are, are it's, this is a, when you're holding $40 million in dead money uh, on the season day, and that tells you the psyche of the organization yeah. going, if we don't do it now, it's going to get worse as we go on, especially with these aging players that we gave all this damn money right. to. So let's cut our losses, eat it now, and then move on from here. So I don't see the Rams in that division. Um, winning eight games at all. I, I do okay. not see it. I just well, do not see it. you got to play here, Joe, because you're <laughs> right. The Texans' number is at seven and a half, okay? Right. The Rams' number right now, over at our friends on FanDuel, Joe, it's eight and a half, and the under is plus money. Yeah, that's okay. the way. They ain't winning eight games, guys. I, I don't. If they go seven and nine, I'd be shocked, this team. I agree with you, Joe, and you know I'm high on certain other teams in that yes. division to make a step. I it's, it's, I believe, honestly, Joe, it's within the realm of possibility that the Rams are the last place team in that mm -hmm. division. You know about San Francisco. Seattle's going to be there as long as Russell Wilson has his ACLs intact, yep. in my opinion. And I, you know, you know this. I believe Arizona is primed to maybe take a little bit of a step forward. So where does that leave the Rams? I think it is not a 500 team necessarily. Their win total is eight and a half. Plus money to the under, Joe. Yes, I, uh, I'm i with you. I, I, I think both of those things are um, can happen. I, I do yeah. think that the Texans, listen, they've got to have a good quarterback, right? you got to have sure. an above-average quarterback. You give them a couple. I love the fact also that even the moves they had, David Johnson and yeah. um, I love guys that everyone says stick a fork in them because as pro athletes go, when you tell guys they're finished, they tend to have that one bounce back year, Dane, where they go, oh, really, am, am I done, really? So I, I love David Johnson. I don't think he was utilized at all last year in that offense. Uh, right. was not Cliff Kingsbury's choice. I get it. That's fine. But 
if he's, I think he can be that workhorse. I think he can be a guy that catches the ball out of the backfield. I think he can run. I think he's going to have some pep in his step. And I think Cooks, too, at the same thing, is going to want to prove. If I'm Brandon Cooks, I, I'm going, all right, great. I just left that mess. Uh, and now, to me, give me, I got a better quarterback, Deshaun Watson, right, in a better, in a better division. You know what I mean? And great, I'm good to go. I, I think Brandon Cooks should be jumping up and down because he, too, is going to want to prove a lot of naysayers wrong. So I love that aspect of this team where you got some guys that have been told uh, they stick a fork in them. I wouldn't necessarily do it. Even if you get one good year out of them, Deshaun Watson, to me, is a playoff quarterback. They are a playoff team with J.J. Watt and company. I got no that's problem backing the over. Joe, that's where I was going to go. If you're taking back in the over, that's fine. I got another plus money bet for you, Joe. The, the yes-no on playoffs. Okay, for the Houston Texans, yes to make the playoffs. And remember, that just means being one of the seven yep. best teams in the AFC, not the six best teams. Right now, Joe, yes for the Houston Texans to make the playoffs over at our friends on FanDuel is plus 145. Solid okay, bet. so that's good number. If you are, it seems like you're a little bullish on the Houston Texans. They're plus 145 to make the playoffs. They have the third best odds in that division. Okay, Joe, they are behind the Colts and the Texans in the division odds. And real quickly, what I will say about this, Joe, I agree with you from a fantasy football standpoint. Mm. And you know I always think about that. I think this is a great move for Brandon Cooks, okay, because of, you know, in his old situation, he was one of three wide receivers that were kind of all their wide receiver one, right? We talked about this. I call it the fantasy herd. You know, like on one week, Robert Woods can have a great game. Another week, Cooper Cup would have a great game. Another week, Brandon Cooks would have a great game. And that was actually good for the Rams, right? Right To be able to have that diversity, right? Um, and so he goes from being one of kind of like three even guys in terms of targets and production. Mm-hmm. Now, over in Houston, you know, the vacuum that is left by DeAndre Hopkins literally gives you like 160 targets a year up for grabs, right. you know? And in comes Brandon Cooks, and I think he will get more opportunity in Houston as the de facto number one wide receiver for the Houston Texans than a kind of 1A, B, or C with the Los Angeles Rams. This is still an offense led by Deshaun Watson, a passing offense, still an offense that can be dynamic and put up numbers. And so I think... Brandon Cooks actually becomes a better fantasy football wide receiver. I call him a back-end wide receiver, too, in fantasy football coming. And the other thing you'd have to note also, Joe, this in some level also helps the fantasy football prospects of Cooper Cup and and Robert Woods, right? Because now there's more targets to go around for those guys. So you got to think about all those implications. I think it helps. Cooks, but I also think it helped Cook, um, Cup and Woods, and maybe even guys like their tight ends, you know, like the Gerald Absolutely. Edwards and the Tyler Higbees of the world. Yep. Listen, my whole thing is, and, and you know this, the, these are two teams that I, um, that I, the types of teams and the types of situations that I love to bet on. You have the public at large swearing that the Rams are going to be competitive. They're going to bounce back this year. They're going to be great. Sean McVay's there. They're going to be good. This is what they need. Okay, good. I'm going to go the other way. I think they're going to be an absolute dumpster fire, and I think Sean McVay is going to get exposed like he did last year. And then you've got, of course, the Houston Texans, where you ask any of the Joe Publics, like Bill O'Brien's a moron. You can't lose D Hop. The whole world is that they're going to be a mess. They're going to get David Johnson's. To, okay, really? Everybody, okay, good. I'm going to go the other way. There's a reason why contrarian betters make an awful lot of money here, guys. And it's because of situations like this where everybody's telling you to go left. You got to have, uh, you know, you got to have enough nerve to go really because I'm going right. And I think those two teams fit that to a T. We'll talk more about that. Plus, uh, what's the richest and most valuable franchise in all of sports? We've got that coming up for you next year on The Grid.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back in here. The weekend edition of the early line on the grid. It is SportsGrid.com. Joe Ranieri, Dane Martinez with you here as we take a look at some of these uh, some of these headlines uh, from the end of the week as we headed into the weekend. Just to recap, of course, we told you about uh, you know the UFC uh, getting yeah. a phone call from uh, Mickey Mouse himself, Bob Iger, uh, Dana White going, all right, all right, I'll play nice, pick my battles. This isn't one of them. So no UFC. However, uh, NFL continuing to move forward uh, with the draft. We know that. We did have a trade with the Texans and the Rams, of course. We had Brandon Cooks on his way to the Texans and a whole lot of draft picks and a lot of dead money uh, left for the Rams. And uh, one of the other things that we uh, learned uh, this uh, past week was, of course, the valuation of sports teams and mm. I always love this because Forbes puts this list out every yeah. year of the most valuable teams and uh, and this year the one that we got was for Major League Baseball so now keep in mind that the vast majority of Major League Baseball teams are privately owned so they don't they're not under any obligation to release to this right yeah, no, uh, any of these things but uh, what owners do make public, of course, is comments about their financial state of the teams. And it's, um, you know, one way or another, there's a way to be able to put two and two together here and get four. Um, it's a $9 billion industry. Most of these teams are always going to be, almost all of these teams are profitable, also because they profit share. So, you know, the Yankees right. and the Red Sox and the Dodgers of the world are always going to fund the Mariners, the Marlins, and the Tampa Bay Rays, So, uh, which drives a lot of people crazy. But uh, that's just the reality. And a lot of people's problem with that model is that there is no, shall we say, benefit. And listen, Jer Jeffrey Laurie here down in, uh, in Miami for years, you right. know, tanking between World Series. Mm -hmm. and still making money, uh, claiming property, but still making money. Why? There's no incentive to win, which is what really pisses off a lot yeah, of people. The money you get from revenue yeah. sharing, you actually invest it back in the club. <laughs> you know, they don't have there's to. No, so there's really no incentive to have to, you know, try and do really, really well. So what they did come up with, and I'll give you, of course, it's no shock, um, the Yankees, yeah, $5 billion worth the New York Yankees between their you know, TV network, and uh, obviously the most recognized brand around the world, merchandising. Um, you know, if you wanted to buy the Yankees, they still remain the most valuable franchise, certainly in Major League Baseball, and it's up there, too, among all of them. Um, the Dallas Cowboys, by the way, are the only other franchise American. worth a little bit more, yeah, than the uh, New York Yankees. And uh, But we got the Yankees at the top. And then you got the Dodgers uh, at number two, Red Sox still at three, yep. Cubs at four, and the Giants at five. And to me, that's 29 of the 30 Major League Baseball teams, Dane, all are valued at at least $1 billion or more. Yes, your Marlins. And my <laughs> Marlins would be the exception. That's correct. And it's called $980 million. But um, only two teams lost money. As far as the valuing goes, and that was the Pirates and the Marlins. Um, and a lot of teams actually stayed the same. Diamond, Diamondbacks, Tigers, Indians, A's, which usually it's always a head scratcher yep. there, Royals, all stayed the same. And of course, then there are those that actually increased, including the Yankees, Nationals, and Orioles, the as a matter of fact. 9%, yeah. yeah, the Orioles as well. So I don't know that this is a, a shocker here, so to speak. The top five also happen to be, if we're being honest here, Dane, aren't these the five blue bloods in Major League Baseball? Yeah, I right? would say so. And For the most point, except market. Cleveland. You think about the media markets that they are in, right. you know, on these kind of big cities, Chicago as well, right? So these are major media markets. One thing that I, you know, I don't have it here in front of me. I see the values, um, but 
how many of these teams also have their own regional cable network? Yes. That is one thing that right. I and, and that's huge. In, yes. Right. Because yep. I know the Red Sox with Nesson. I know the Yes Network. I know the Mets have a deal. You know that sort of thing. And yep. that has become huge source of revenue for these major league teams. Yep. But you know, I do think you make a good point. It is not necessarily, um, you know, you don't have to be good to make money. As I see the Orioles up nine percent. You know what I mean? And so remember. These owners run organizations as a for-profit business, not necessarily to win games, yep. but to make sure their bottom line is healthy. Yes, uh, and uh, it is healthy, guys. It is uh, <laughs> baseball is a very, 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 been very, very good to me. Uh, it is extremely profitable to be an owner, uh, which is also why it's very hard to become an owner there. But uh, at five billion dollars, the New York Yankees remain. Uh, top dog in that category. And speaking yeah. of baseball, another story that broke on uh, yesterday, I believe, or Friday rather, uh, it was, of course, the, um, the Yankees that we mentioned and Philadelphia and, I don't know, a couple of the Mets. Um, why, uh, why not make them all in the same division? How about realignment? And uh, I know before you go crazy here, but it's it's one thing, one plan, another plan of Major League Baseball to get back on the field here, guys. Uh, one of the other plans, we heard about Phoenix, and, you know, we heard right. about that earlier this week where they said it's one of many plans. Well, one of the other plans apparently is do away with the entire American League, National League situation, right? Do away with that and just make it Grapefruit League and Cactus League, so Florida and Arizona, right? Which right. would, of course, you know, that makes a lot more sense geographically, of course, and uh, the mechanics of it, instead of dropping 30 damn teams into Phoenix and expecting right. all uh, to quarantine them. So um, given the amount of teams on the East Coast versus the amount of teams on the West Coast, I, I think it makes sense. You cut down on traveling and those types of things along those lines. So the idea of, uh, of them is really to kind of put it in, uh, in the Cactus League, for instance, north, south, and east. So the Grapefruit League in Florida, the Cactus League in Arizona. So you'd have the Yankees, Phillies, Blue Jays, Tigers, Pirates, all part of one division, and then really go from there. The Red Sox, Minnesota, Atlanta, Tampa, Baltimore. So you're really kind of putting them all together. I don't know what they do. You mentioned the DH. I'm not sure. I'm sure they'd either do it or do away with it, one right. or the other. Um, and I'm sure all of these teams are going to have added roster spots and, and those types of things. But sure. as a, it sounds like as a, you know, one of those, if all else fails type of things, break it up like this, Dane, and get back on the field. And you know what? I don't hate the idea. I really don't. Yeah, listen, I mean, in the last week or so, Joe, we have heard a number of ideas, a number of potential solutions, right? Mm -hmm. And there's pros and cons with all of them, Joe, right? We've talked about this, and we don't know um, if these things will necessarily come to fruition. We And I've always said the devil is in the details, but, you know, I understand we are going to have to be creative in order to kind of get sports back. And I understand the idea of wanting to minimize travel, Right. And get people um, kind of in the same area. And already with the Cactus League and the Grapefruit League that is happening in Arizona and Florida, or it was at least teams have some level of facilities down there. So I do think it makes sense on that aspect. For me, I think about, you know, and obviously they would have to work out some of these details. You're right. I mentioned the DH. Mm -hmm. So, so in this division now that has the Pirates, the Phillies and three American League teams, you know, is there a DH in those games or not? Like right now, Joe, in Major League Baseball, in, there's interleague games all the time, right? And I believe that if the American League team is hosting, there is a DH. If the National League team is hosting, there is not. Mm -hmm. But to go ahead and like, quote unquote, realign them, I wonder what that means for the rules. The other thing I would think about, you know, Joe, there is already futures bets out there. For Major League Baseball, right? right. World Series champion, um, division champion. And, and, and in there now, you always say, read the fine print, Joe, right? And we've talked about in football games how they have to be 55 minutes for action to actually happen or else it's void. Right. They are now saying, at least over on FanDuel, for MLB mm -hmm. futures bets, 
that 75 games need to be played mm-hmm. for action to for you know for all bets to have action. And one of the things I would wonder, Joe, if they did this and kind of rejiggered the divisions, is what does that mean for competitive balance? What does that mean for the schedule? Right? Like there will be some team that kind of lucks out, you know, like some team that was in a tough division that all of a sudden it's a little bit easier. I wonder how the schedule would balance out if they go ahead and realign them. But sure, I do believe that desperate times call for desperate measures. This is an unprecedented event and time in this country. So it's not going to look perfect, right? Whether it's seven inning doubleheaders, whether it's, you know, expanded rosters, whether it's team NBA teams on a damn cruise ship in the playoffs, we have to acknowledge and understand that if we want to get sports back, it is going to look different, but those are some of the questions I would have around the schedule, the competitive balance, and what happens to the DH. Yeah, they've obviously done a lot of investigating, and they've thought long and hard about this because it, the DH would be universal. But okay. when you consider from the geographical area here, it makes a ton of sense because oh, to reduce travel. the Arizona-Florida split because of the amount of fields, by the way. Listen, Arizona was so nice because of the proximity that they could be. You know, Florida, I think, has a lot of advantages, too. You'd be talking between just Arizona and Florida. 26 ballparks, either minor leagues or, and three dome stadiums, by the way, Chase Field, Marlins Park, and Tampa. You'd have access to three major league dome stadiums, and you'd have access to 23 other fields, other ballparks in both the states. So what that would allow, dude, is teams to actually feel at least comfortable to be able to set up shop in places they're very familiar with and that they know. So, and you'd still be able to, even with the new alignment, you'd be able to play teams within your realigned division, in the conference, so to speak, you'd, without a whole lot of travel. And think about it from a network standpoint. Uh, we could play games in Florida, let's say at noon. Right. And then all of a sudden on the West Coast, then we'd have baseball all day. You know what I mean? Right. From, from 12 o'clock to 4 o'clock starts out in, uh, on the West Coast. It, you know, a lot of that to me makes sense. And, of course, it's if, if, if. But I, I don't have a problem with that. I think that makes from a – because putting 30 teams in Phoenix doesn't make any damn sense. Spreading it out a little bit and giving yourself an opportunity to be able to control smaller groups – I don't hate the idea at all. I'm actually glad that it came out because that other one seemed a little ridiculous to me. Listen, you know, the more, like, safe zones Mm -hmm. they can have, the better. Yeah. Think about, like, March Madness, right? They have regional pods and stuff. If we, the more you can find, the better, okay? So I'm not mad at it, but I do believe the devil is in the details and we don't know all of those details just yet. And as we just said, Joe, at the top of the show, right, UFC, Dana White, he wanted to proceed, right? But then whether you call it the Disney group or you call it the state of California, you know, so again, whatever these plans are, it would need to be collaboration with a whole lot of entities. You know, Florida, as I'm sure you know, Joe, down there, they technically have a stay-at-home order right now, right? So if you're going to try to have 14 teams in the state of Florida traveling, we will see. Yeah. But yes, I, I mean, mean if, if, if. But if it comes down to, well, there's three teams in Major League Baseball who aren't allowed to go in there, they're not going to cancel the season because a half a dozen teams in Major League Baseball might have problems within their individual state in order to be able to do it. They will figure something out, which is what this tells me, is that they are working on every contingency possible to get baseball back. And if it means splitting between Arizona and Florida, Obviously, with those two states, uh, you know, having the ability to be able to do so, um, then you eliminate the fact that they might not be able to play in Minnesota or New York or some of these other places along those lines. Then by all means, the only people who would have a problem with this would be the purists who you can't change the American League from the Nat. Well, the hell you can't. Nothing about this season is going to be, and I mean nothing as it is, is going to be like anything else. So without a blueprint, I'm glad to see that at least they're, they're thinking outside the box where it's not just we got to do, because baseball's always been got to be like this. We've always done it here. Right. We go, oh, hell no. Like, no. Like, everything and anything should be out on the table. Absolutely. I agree with that conceptually. All I'm saying, Joe, is that 
however it plays out, it will need to be a collaborative effort with everybody on the same page. That's all. It, well, yeah, that goes, obviously, yeah, that's the, well, otherwise you can't have it. If, uh, can, if Florida shut down or Arizona shut down, it'll be very hard to have. It ain't gonna happen. Gonna have a whole lot of teams uh, in the middle there. But uh, if, it, if it is, then it's a heck of a lot easier trying to coordinate with two states as opposed to. Logistics become easier. Oh, my word. It's just a nightmare to think about it across the country as you're going to uh, uh, try and be able to put that together. It's actually kind of crazy. Uh, but speaking of crazy, Dane, uh, quickly, I want to uh, talk about the uh, Belarus uh, soccer. Now, Belarus got handball soccer games. Uh, they also have a leader in Belarus that thinks the coronavirus is simply a psychosis of the people, that it's a mind over matter, that uh, the hell with that, we are not uh, stopping anything, uh, which adds uh, a very interesting intrigue here when it comes to this soccer league. Tell me what's going on here with Belarus soccer. Yeah, sure. So, you know, even though they're kind of open for business in mm -hmm. Belarus, the fans are not coming, right? There's no fans in the stands. Right. However, a Belarusian soccer club, FC Dynamo Brest, yes. okay, they have gotten creative, okay? What they have opened up is an opportunity for fans around the world, Joe, mm -hmm. to buy what they're calling, quote-unquote, virtual tickets to their games. Get this, Joe. They, you know, you can't have fans in there, but they have decided... You can put mannequins sitting in the seats. And so what you can do for this Belarusian soccer club is buy a quote-unquote virtual ticket. And what they will do, Joe has it up on the screen, is they will slap a picture of you in the stands, not even six feet apart from the next mannequin, so that it looks like they can fill the arena. I think this is absolutely equal parts ridiculous, hysterical, and genius, Joe. Um, and they have done it already. They have another game, another home game this weekend. And so it looks at least like there'll be butts in seats. They'll just be fake ones. Joe, does this move the needle for you? No, listen, I, I can't think of a better way to end this week than on Belarus mannequins and people's faces on it. More program coming your way. Danny and I will be back on Monday. Be safe. Enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you again on Monday here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.